to the MHR podcast. I'm Andy. I'm Alice. Alice, the topic of sustainability has been a big one. Well, well, it's, it's always a big one, isn't it? Like yes. Businesses are talking more and more about it. Um, but I think it's often um, misconceived as a green practice all the time, right? Sustainability for the earth, sustainability drivers, all these kind of things. Yeah. Um, this week I wanted to talk more about what it means to be uh, for sustainable practices for a business. Uh, and I thought we could start first this week by talking about sustainable HR practices. So what does it mean to be a, a sustainable HR manager or have sustainable HR processes that support a business for growth? That does sound good. Does it? Are yes. you on board with that? I'm on board. No, it's okay. true. I think we, we've heard a lot. Um, I think one of the key words of recent years is greenwashing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and like I say, they always allude to planet. Yeah. You know, how can we be more sustainable? But I think, let's be honest, we forget about businesses. Yeah. Don't we? And yeah. the practices and the processes. Yeah. Um, so, no, it will be an interesting to have a bit of a chat today about. Okay. Oh, good. I'm glad you're on board. Um, so, obviously, there is... There's, you can be sustainable in multiple ways across a business. Uh, I want to focus this about HR practices. That's kind of, I think, the first thing that comes to mind when a lot of people talk about the world of work in terms of how we can be more sustainable in terms of a, uh, uh, in a productive way or as, as a business growth way or like, you know, how we want to manage business. So obviously, this is going to look at a few areas before we could discuss. We can do, 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 do one by one, right? And I thought what we could do is we can go, what do we think are the key points that... Um, HR processes need to be to create a sustainable HR environment. Um, what can digital transformation, so the stuff that we talk about at MHR so yeah. well, what can digital transformation and software and HR and people platforms do to improve those things and create that opportunity for organizations? Yes. Cool. So the first one this week I wanted to talk about in regards to sustainable HR tips is number one, adopt sustainable recruitment practice. Oh, interesting. Any views on that? Views on sustainable recruitment practice. So recruitment is always the first thing we tend to go to sometimes when we talk about HR, right? Always yeah, just like, oh, how do we get people? people? How do we get yeah. people? How do we get people? Um, you can argue then it actually goes, now, how do you retain people? Because that's more sustainable, right? Yes. But in order for you to retain the right people or for people to come to into your organization and grow, you need to attract the right talent, right? Um, and I was doing some reading about what it really means to have sustainable recruitment practices. And it's making sure that you're, um, you're advertising yourself or you're presenting yourself and presenting the values that your company have in a clear way. So you're attracting the people. Like, the right vibe attracts the tribe. That's a horrible meme that I keep seeing everywhere, right? Can't but say that's ever on my... No? No. Okay. Uh, my social media is a bit different from yours. Um, but, <laughs> but like, the research shows, and this is from CIPD Resourcing and Talent Planning Survey 2022, right, that uh, organizational values remain the fourth priority for candidates, and that's ahead of flexible working in the oh, private wow. sector, right? So this is still a key thing, right? So yep. people want to work for organizations that align values with their own. Right, because at the end of the day, people uh, people want to feel like they're doing something they care about. Yes. Obviously, we want to have a job and we want to earn money because of whatever. But we ultimately want to work for a business. That's like, yeah, they do that, and I care about it, yeah. and that's what I believe in, or this is what I'm about. Because what I do for nine to five, all day, all week, all year, right, is actually a huge part of my life. So I'd rather I actually believed in it. Yeah. So people want to work for places they believe in. So it's really, really important 
uh, to start that kind of recruitment practice off in a sustainable way, that you're making sure that you are uh, visibly viewed and you're publicly viewed as an organization that is aligned and very clear on your values. So the people that are looking to apply to you are on board with that. Yeah. Because if you don't align, and there's, and there's no harm having the wrong values, everyone has different ones, but if you're communicating the wrong style and you're commuting it, ultimately communicating your branding correctly, you're going to yeah. attract the wrong type of people that want the wrong type of journey with you. Yeah. So uh, adopting sustainable recruitment practice is key and it can be value-driven and it's all about how you present yourself and it's about how you present your brand and your values. So people want to make a difference and people want to make a difference because they believe in you. Yeah. So that's step number one. That's the main advice I've got. Uh, right. How can that be helped by software? Well, Firstly, uh, we need to make sure that you're providing um, a, like a, a candidate attraction software process in place that base, best communicates your company values uh, and is company branded and it's an interface for an application process that really gives someone the sense of a tone or a feel of what it's like to work for that organization before they've okay. even applied. Very because clever. Well, right, because if yeah. you go for a, we've talked about this before, right, but if you go for a clunky application process yeah. and it's like, well, this is long-winded, is this what it's like to work for the organization? You're kind of left with a bad taste in your mouth when yeah. you've had to go, I've had to re-unload all my GCSEs, and here's all my A-levels, and here's that degree that I got that I'm not using, yeah. and here's all these certificates that I've scanned in, and I've had to do four Excel spreadsheets, and I've had to do this form online, it's taken me four hours to apply for this job, and then I've got to rewrite my cover letter. That's a really clunky, horrible, old-school way of applying yeah. for something. And it's when you lose people isn't it in yeah. the recruitment process so if you can use software instead that actually makes the onboarding or that kind of application process easier yeah. but on also automates all the process to notify HR or notify HR and the hiring managers uh, and present that their CV and their application in a clear way yeah. not only um, are we making sure that employers have got a better sight of their applicants and a better idea of who's the right fit for the role but also you're giving that person a much more pleasant experience at that first touch point of an organization. So that's one thing where um, like software like we have, like People First or any kind of people management software that is available needs to be looking at. How do we make that, that first impression count? Because it's not the interview. It's the application that does it. Completely. Right. Um, so platforms that enable onboarding to integrate with new starters um, and organizations and values. So al al aligning with like, okay, your first four weeks of us, for example, you're going to be doing X, Y, and Z because this is what the company believes in. And being able to track someone's kind of onboarding against company values and that they're, um, is really helpful because it's like, you joined us because of this. So you're going to do this. And that's why it means something to us is really helpful. Ensuring that paperless recruitment is key. So again... You don't want to be, people get lost, manual error, all this stuff. We don't believe in that, right? We believe yeah. in technology replacing the, the burden for uh, for HR people. Yeah. It's probably a lot more yeah. efficient, isn't it, as well, being paperless? Yeah. Like, say, seamless transaction of data. Yeah. Um, and, of course, using analytics in your people platform can help you see the type of people who are applying for your roles, the time they're spending on applying for roles, um, and get you a better sight of your people data in terms of where are applicants coming from, yeah. where are they hearing about us, how many are we getting, um, and maybe even feedback on what their process was like. It's really helpful for you to improve that recruitment process so you're learning more, so you can take more time to build a process where you're attracting the right people. Yes. Um, so there's a stat here as well that, um, did you know that perception of employer of the employer is the most important benefit for 43% public sector uh, and almost a third of private sector, with 80% citing that recruitment tech um, uh, use uh, is increased by uh, in the year 21 and 22. 
gosh, that's so, huge, eighty percent. Yeah, so it's a huge. That's the way it's all going now. Get off the paper, get off the old manual processes. It's not yeah. about all this stuff now. It's about making sure it's seamless because you haven't got time to waste. No. Recruitment market is ever more competitive. Oh, we've heard all about it this so, year. Yeah. So that's the tip one. So if you're a, if you're a, you need to s- uh, sustainableize up your HR process. First is it's about recruitment. How do you advertise your brand? How do you get the right talent? How do you make them apply to you the quickest possible way? And how do you get the most data out of that process? Brilliant. So the second tip we have is about sustainable training. So what this is, is employer brand application value. It's providing opportunity for employees to apply and teach themselves and Mm. learn. So, you know, we're talking about things like a personalized and um, tailored development plans. Um, We're looking at digital training what sort of platforms are out there, Um, but also looking at holistic learning. So not just about your job role. I think a lot of people, um, when they look at their career path, they probably do focus on their job role, you know, what comes next, um, the step up. But actually, if you look holistically, you think about the company values, what you can learn from other teams. Um, I certainly learn a lot from other teams. I came off a graduate scheme that rotated around the business. So um, I learned a hell of a lot going between departments and learning their processes. So I can um, fully support sustainable training on that side of things. But like we say, what can we do for digital transformation when we talk about sustainable training? So it's things like providing personalized learning paths powered by AI. Um, Obviously quite a hot topic, isn't it? I think it was word of the year from Collins Dictionary, Mm -hmm. AI. But when it comes to personalized learning, um, we're looking at things like assigning assets um, so that we can see what's next in our progression um, and also looking at maybe personal values. So AI has you know, a vast amount of information that feeds into it and it could come up with a plan that suits you. Um, and I think that's what's most important is the way yeah. you learn, you know, well, visual, It Britain. provides a lot more data as well, right? Completely. So like if you're, if you're uh, as a HR team where you're looking at your learning and development of a team, if you're a manager, if you can access a software that goes, these are all my staff, these are the courses they've been on, these are the other skills that they have, this is the skills gap that they need, you can start making plans for growth and development. Yes. You can't do that manually, you can, it's going to take a long, long time. Yes. Um, So I think that's really good. And like I say, I think as well for managers, the good, the heart is that they do want to see their team develop. They do want to see them progressing in their careers and and so on. But like I say, it takes time for managers to step back and and do quite an admin heavy task. So where technology can support them, um, it's vastly um, productive for them. But also I think as well, it it probably creates quite a good trust between because your managers are listening yeah. to you. They're wanting you to progress. Yeah. So it's really helping that relationship as well. Um, the third tip then for sustainable HR practices is um, providing sustainable benefit and reward packages. We've kind of talked about this a bit before yeah, in the year yeah. in terms of like what's a reward, what's a gimmick. And I think in, in this regard, sustainable benefits and rewards mean something that kind of feeds back into that employer's life cycle that continues to uh, add value. Um, and I think um, rather than something that's kind of like, oh, here's a cheap thing. You work for us, you get 20% off this, go get yourself a coffee. That's great because it adds a bit of quality to your life. But actually, sometimes rewards aren't the, this is, we work with this brand, so you get this off. Yeah. Sometimes the rewards are actually, we provide this service, which means it's going to continue to improve your life and your development. We've talked about financial well-being quite a lot. Yeah. We've talked about real-time pay. We've talked So these things that aren't might not be like part of your benefits package, but one of the sustainable rewards for working for an organization is we can make sure you've got real sight of your pay. You can have better financial control of, um, uh, of, of your money and your well-being. 
right? Um, we can work with you on your pension management. We can work with you on training your own financial well-being. These things are a lot more sustainable because the benefit feeds into the employee's well-being. Yes. And the employee's well-being is, uh, then boosts productivity. Yeah. So as soon as your awards improve your employee's quality of life in a way that makes them feel better in their job, makes them feel more productive, makes them feel happier, suddenly you've got, uh, you're have got getting rid of a retention problem as well. Because yes. it's not just about the paycheck I've got, it's about having benefits that make me think, this is improving my quality of life, I don't want to move because I can't get this anywhere else, this is all aligned with my values, and as a result, I feel like I can do more for this organisation, I want to stay and grow. That's sustainable. Yeah, definitely. But I think as well with, we talk about obviously um, rewards and benefits, mm. um, but it's something I think we, can forget about as employees you know they're yeah. introduced to us when we first joined the company and obviously we already spoke about recruitment and yeah. onboarding um i mean when was the last time you looked at rewards and benefits not as much as i'd like i mean actually on the topic of that i do get prompts and i think that comes to the point as well how does digital transformation help we use the software that we've built yeah, that other people do. use yeah. right that actually triggers me and tells me when like new benefit windows open and it's and these aren't things that are like gimmicks these are like oh you can buy more holiday now or, oh, did you know you can access your healthcare plan? If you want one, here's a dental plan. And actually having a system that reminds me of the opportunities yes. is really key. So that's where I think digital transformation or using kind of a people platform or people software or HR management software in the right way can help create a more sustainable environment for your HR practices. Because yes. you're right. You start. Here's all your benefits. Have a look. Buy what you like with us now. Great. See you later. No, actually, oh, Andy, it's December. Did you know you can book more holidays for next year now in this window? Do that. You've got better control of your life. You can make some better decisions. That's where a people, uh, like a, a, a people-first platform or a HR management platform really helps. It's like reminding you, like, these things are evergreen. Yes. The benefits of working for us are evergreen. That's yes. why it's sustainable. Yes, completely. Yeah. Um, and on that point, actually, that leads me nice to uh, top tip four. Okay. So this is sustainable health and well-being. So healthy work-life balance. We always talk about that, don't we? Mm. Work-life balance. But it's looking at kind of where the optimal resource is for this provision. So things like with our software, mm. um, people first, um, easy to book holidays. Yeah. I think we've built it. So it's got three clicks. I remember that fact from my uh, yeah, 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 it from is my that simple. Days, and I suppose <laughs> that's right, because as soon as you go for a rigorous process of actually trying to book annual leave and you get tired of it, you're like, oh, why is it so hard to just leave? Why can't I just have my time? Um, and we've talked about it in terms of burnout in episodes before, right? Yes. Um, if you're not encouraging your staff to take your annual leave, you can't be surprised that they're all either taking it at the same time at the end of the year because they've forgotten. Which is a big or, problem, isn't Which is it? a huge problem because it affects productivity. Yes. Or that people don't feel like they're supported enough because they're not being reminded about how they can take their annual leave or what it's there for. Yeah, and you're allowed to take annual leave. Yeah, and you're allowed to you take. Should, you should, it's not a taboo. It's like, oh, I feel bad because I'm asking for life. No, it's your entitlement. Yes. We encourage you to do that. It's a benefit of working with us. We want you to feel like you can do what you need to do. Definitely. Um, and on the fact as well with sustainable health and well-being is you want a pleasant work environment, don't mm. you? Yeah. So things like um, having areas that you can go and sit out chat in, or yeah. you know an open space that you can go and collaborate with your colleagues on yeah. um, you can have different versions of a pleasant workplace and, and an environment but yeah. at the end of the day it's that feeling that you want to be there you know you spend yeah. so many hours a week at work yeah. um, and realistically we talk about work-life balance but yeah. these are the people that you get to know yeah more I, and more and more every day 100%, and I think having just that 
that function to be able to go, okay, I want to get away from a desk or I want to get away from a workstation or yes. whatever it is that I do. And there's a bit there that I like to sit in. It's still productive, but I want to go in that breakout space. And I want, can we have a chat for five minutes? Or can we go and have the meeting there because it feels more conducive? Or like, I just, can I, you know, where do I build my friendships at work? These are the environments that I think businesses can add more value to. Definitely. Yeah. And I think when it comes to digital transformation as well, it's almost like you say we alluded to it a bit earlier when we're speaking about um the awareness yeah so we we spoke about people first it, we have a social feed um on there um and it's kind of opening up a bit more of a community i think around yeah. the business it's building that culture that we share things like when we do charity days yeah um, we have more people get involved now because they know what other departments are doing yeah. um but also um we talked about sick days um, I've got a stat here that says yep. 56% need fewer sick days after participating in wellbeing initiatives. There we go. So that's an interesting fact then, because obviously we, th we assume, oh, sick days, I've got a cold, I'm under the weather, I'm not feeling well, right. it's a physical problem. It isn't. Sick days can be, you know, are often taken because people are feeling like they're not in control of their well-being or their mental health. Yes. If you are taking proactive steps and creating sustainable health and well-being practices in the workplace, you can knock that on the head. You can provide an environment that's healthier for someone, sometimes in their own home environment. So yeah. coming to work isn't draining on your mental health. It's supporting it. Definitely. I like it. Cool. And that takes us to our final stat then. So or a final tip. Right, Tip number five for uh, HR processes to be sustainable is looking at le leadership and performance management. How okay. do you make that sustainable? Right. So... Ensuring that um, uh, employees uh, a voice uh, or have a voice to make suggestions and a work environment improvements are, 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 are made is vital, right? So it's about going, look, I joined this company because I believe in the culture. How do I be part of that culture? How do I be part of that voice? And how do you develop sustainable leadership or management tools where actually you're, allow you're enabling voices rather than yes. being a top-down approach, which feels very dictatory and you don't feel like you've got, you know, you've got a voice in this, you're just going on with someone's mission. It's Definitely. really important. Um, now, these can oh now these can be lots of little actions it could be that going okay we've listened the whole kind of you said we did thing is very popular yes and they, they work because yeah, employees true. want to feel listened to but what and we've talked about this in episodes about like leadership and stuff before but ultimately it's about going how do we create a culture where leadership is driven from listening to what employees need yeah. and learning from the employee's experience and driving change based on the data that we can collect on that. So is it just a case of, you know, we, we're we using a HR platform which tracks clocking so we know when people are in and out of the office so we can make more sustainable choices about when we turn the lights on and off. So we can save loads more money. Right. So we can invest a lot more money back into the business. Something simple like that, but that's done by collecting people data and that's done by using digital transformation to adopt a HR platform so you can see because we're clocking in and out. It's not to watch what you're doing, yeah. it's to go, okay, that building was at 80% um, under capacity that day. Why are we wasting energy in that space? We can invest it back. It's not very green, it's not good for the environment, but it's also wasting money that we could be in reinvesting into the organization, right? So um, less printing, looking at going, okay, why are we printing so much? We can do that digitally. We can track that, right? Um, cycling to work. Obviously, some people want to cycle to work. It's about going, well, what are the initiatives there? Okay, how many people are doing it? How do we talk to employees to go, this is clearly something that's important to you. Are we providing the facilities? 
are we supporting your lifestyle? Because actually, yeah. as much as some people might choose to drive in, because that supports their lifestyle, yes. it's the need or the want that they need to do to commute. Some people have just as much need to want to do that by cycling. Yeah. Some people might want to get the bus in. Some people might be just as important to walk, walk in. How do you facilitate those? Because if that's a core uh, value that's shared by your employees, what are you doing to listen to that? Yeah, definitely. Because if you're not listening to that, or you're not facilitating those needs or wants, you're not recognised that from a leadership point of view, people are going to start doing all the same thing. It's not going to be very green for a start, yeah. but also you're not going to you're not going to retain the talent of people who, yeah, exactly. who value those things. And I think as well, like um, with we talked about leadership, you know, taking lead on those greener initiatives, yeah. we could say. Um, but also when you look at leadership and performance management, um, the world's ever changing, yeah. the business ever changing. It's being, I guess, flexible. Yeah. being dynamic um yeah. like say listening um to what's going on being aware of what's going on as well yeah. um and just kind of taking that forefront of yeah. okay this is the current situation how yeah. are now we going to act um and being open to change i yeah. think that's that is the most sustainable way to go about this sort of thing really absolutely and i think it's also recognizing that like if you want to be more sustainable as an organization, whether it's with your HR processes or just sustainable in a greenest sense possible, yes. right? If you want to be more sustainable, you can't impose sustainability on your workforce. No, it's you a bit have strange, to, You have to allow your workforce to tell you what they need and you have to listen yeah. to them. So introducing platforms for green dialogue or enabling staff to have a voice means that you yourself as a leadership team can also learn about the things that you're ignorant to. So you can go, I didn't realize that was something we were overlooking or yeah, I didn't realize we've missed an opportunity here. Um, so it's about going, it's not about going at the top of the management going, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to change it. Staff adopt mm -hmm. or tell us. It's no, we want to hear from you. What yes. are things that are affecting you? How can we optimize them? How can we create yeah. a better environment yeah. for everyone? And that's, I think, more sustainable leadership. Completely, mm. definitely. Uh, and the, to end that then, so because we've got to start on most of these, right? Uh, there's a, re a report here from Gartner that said 64% of applicants want to work for organizations with strong ethical and environmental consciousness. 64%. 64%. So having a leadership team that's conscious of that or is enabling people to have that voice and listening yeah. to that is a huge driver for recruitment and retention. Definitely. And it, I think it shows as well the type of candidates that are coming into the market. Yeah. You know, it is definitely a shift in, in the business culture and like seeing recruitment. But to say that, you know, 64% are looking at it really yeah. goes to show almost where that focus is. Yeah. Not I just in so. recruitment, but all shifting. the way through. It's yeah, shifting. yeah, it will it will change yeah. probably when we next look at the stat. <laughs> probably, um, <laughs> which we might do next week if you see us. Um, if you can hear more, there's a lot more actually. We have a sustainability guide from MHR yeah. that you can look at. You can see the kind of things we're doing to improve our sustainability methods. You can learn more about us generally at mhrglobal.com. There's a lot of guides there about workplace well-being, financial well-being, and all, lots of sustainable practices for HR, for finance, for all kinds of things. Do check it out. In the meantime, though, I've been Andy. And I'm Alice. We'll see you next week. See you. Bye-bye. <laughs>